It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Inside the Birds is back. What's going on, everyone? Jeff Mosher here alongside Adam Kaplan. And listen, we are here on Monday. It is draft week. It is April 22nd. Uh, a little bittersweet that we're here, Adam. We did an excellent, what I thought was a fantastic uh, pre-draft type podcast along with a, a, a live Inside the Bird pod. We did it on Monday night, last Monday night from Mayfair. Had a great time. If you've not been to the Mayfair Theater out on Frankfurt Ave, it's all new. They do plays there. They do shows. They hosted our podcast, Inside the Bird. Uh, great crowd, lively crowd. We had a great time, Adam. The only problem is the sound. We we had some technical difficulties, so we have to do this over again. However, yes, that is true. But you can listen to the Corey Clement interview and really a discussion, yes. which is about 25 minutes, half an hour. Uh, we've got it pinned to our profiles on Twitter and Thank you to the almost 15,000 people who have listened to it already, which is awesome. So we really appreciate that. Yes. And uh, that that's kind of uh, was the idea is to bring Corey in, give us the idea of what it was like to go through the process of not A, being drafted, but being a Super Bowl hero. And there's a lot we learned about Corey. He, he, he confirmed the injury, right? Uh, which was not an ACL, which I told our listeners two months ago. Mm-hmm. LCL only. Right, which is what I had reported for our show exclusively. Mm-hmm. And Corey kind of took us through the mindset of what it takes to be an NFL player. And then what the thing that shocked me, and I didn't know this about him, that's why I asked him. I didn't realize that he was really not a pass catcher, even anywhere at any level. He was more of a grinder. Yeah, downhill running back. Right, first and second down back. But in here, in Philly, his rookie season, I mean, he was a great pass catcher. And it was just remarkable. And he, we talked about Carson. It's like to play with him and, and just the, the whole process and it was fantastic. He's probably one, one of the most mature 20, 22-, 23-year-old players I've ever been around in my career. So my, it was great. I, I enjoyed bringing him in. My two biggest takeaways from Corey Clement, and again, you can find that interview on – we Twitter live-streamed it from Adam's Twitter account. So that would be at Kaplan NFL. And I'm at Jeff Mosher NFL. The takeaways for me were that he lost a, not a significant amount of weight, but enough for a guy who is not known for being breakaway speed explosive to now be in that 208, I believe you said, 205 range. 
So two eight. I could. Yeah, and he yeah, was two twenty five as a rookie. Right. He's, he's two twenty as a rookie. Well, right. When he comes in, right? So he's wearing maybe a sweatshirt. I don't know what shorts and maybe a sweatshirt, right? Right. I'm like, man, he looks smaller. I know players without pads on look small. So I figured we'd ask him. And, and I said, did you lose weight because you really look thin? He goes, yeah. You know, I'm coming back from this knee injury. He goes, this is I've never been this light. Right. He said I'm two eight, and I wanted to get up to a higher weight. And he let us know, and you'll listen to it the weight that he wants to get to. So it was very revealing. He didn't hold anything back. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. He was awesome. He Unbelievable. Was great. Mature. My second great guy. takeaway was yeah. you realize how competitive he is. He did not back down from the idea of running back competition. And he even said the injury that he had to his knee was such a no big deal to him that if they needed him against New Orleans in that playoff game, he would have, quote, <laughs> hopped his little butt out there. I couldn't believe he said that. But he did also declare yeah, yeah. he'd be ready for the season opener. Oh, yeah. So the, that's, the, the, that's good. Well, he's been running, so... That's great. So again, you, it's about twenty-five to thirty-minute interview, and I, I highly suggest you listen because he—you really get to learn about him. Deuce Staley, by the way, who went through a similar issue being a running back by committee. So it was great. And I really enjoyed it. By the way, I don't know if you caught it, but shout out to the uh, crowd member who came by to say hello to Corey before the uh, before we started the show, and after he said hello to him, he gave him a little love tap, but. A little love tap, pat right on the knee. Did he? I could oh, not I didn't believe see that. I thought I it was going to be that. the last time that we ever did a show with Corey Clement. <laughs> he, he was a good sport, and thank he you was. to the crowd. Uh, if you if you watch the video as we pan to it, I think you could see that was pretty packed. So that was great, and uh, thanks to the Mayfair District, and uh, we will be we're going to be back there again. Well, we we'll have something be. to announce in the next couple of months about our our plans with them. So look absolutely, forward to you want to catch us live? There'll be more opportunities. Um, let's move on to the NFL draft preview part of this podcast. That's the the real sound that, you know, obviously there was good demand for, and unfortunately we weren't able to <laughs> produce from our end. It was a mistake from our end. Uh, we'll make sure that doesn't happen again. But we had some good, juicy stuff. You've spent the last two weeks, if not longer, speaking to a lot of your personnel people that you know. I've spent the same amount of time talking to people I know. I know people who read my Patreon uh, coverage on patreon.com slash Jeff Mosher have already seen. I've done about two or three stories on profiling positions and certain prospects and giving a, a scout's take on them. So we have a lot of good information, and I want to start really by – just Adam, getting your overall kind of assessment here of of this the twenty fifth overall pick, and just the fact that the Eagles have three picks in the top fifty seven. That's a great position to be in for a deep draft. They're in good position here. How do you feel like this is going to shape up? You don't have to give me names, but just in general, like what what, what kind of identity is going to come out of this draft for the Eagles and those top top three picks? I think. They will come out of this draft, Jeff, based on the work that I've done on it with two starters for the future. Whether it's a safety, we'll get into that. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a defensive end, we'll get into that. And whether it could potentially be a wide receiver, we'll get into that. Sure. You mean at least two, right? I mean, yeah, at least yeah. for the future. Yeah. Okay, yeah. for the future. Now, they've got three picks in the first 57. Mm-hmm. So you would think they'll get three starters out of it. It's easier said than done. Now, since Howie Roseman has come into power, I did a little research because I, I know we don't have a lot of time, but I want to sort of cover a lot of things I think are important. You could almost forget about what he did before he came into power in 16, Jeff, because things have changed. Mm-hmm. The mistakes that he made, which were numerous from 10 to like 15, mm-hmm. or when he had power, he's learned from them, I think in a, in a big way, and he's understood the value. He's really good at forecasting where players will go. In those last three drafts, he's done. He's they've drafted one quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, a tight end. We know who that is, Dallas Goddard. Four offensive linemen, one defensive tackle, three defensive ends, two linebackers, four corners, mm. one safety. Now, why do I mention corner? 
Fans got all over me about six weeks ago about saying they could draft a corner early, perhaps in the first round. All I said was they would potentially draft an upgrade, only an upgrade. They're not into drafting just to draft a player. If you think there's an upgrade, you draft one. They don't have to draft a corner. Right now, they could line up with five corners. They're good there. They could. But they're not good enough there. No, yeah, they're not in position to turn down the top cornerback prospect in the draft, whether that be DeAndre Baker or Greedy Williams or right. however That's they That's where I was going to go. Value, Thank you. you exactly. They're not in position. Right. I still don't know if that – and again, I think this almost goes back to what I was saying many weeks ago about running back and Josh Jacobs. I don't know if it's the likeliest position for them to upgrade, but if it's the number one guy on their board – and you know a lot has been changed. A lot has changed. I would say in the last two two months about me just 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 investigating what's the strength of the draft outside of DL and what else. But yeah, I agree with you. You just you don't turn down someone that you might project to be the next you know for lack of a better term, uh, uh, Darrell Revis, right? Just so that you take a defensive line. Because of course, you're a defensive line team. Yeah. Right, right, and that's when teams make mistakes. I remember Gil Brandt telling me, uh, Gil who's going to the Hall of Fame, told me the story about Joe Montana at seventy nine. They thought they had enough quarterbacks. They didn't need to draft another quarterback. Right. Well, if they again, now who knows how he would have done? He's a system quarterback at West Coast offense, but and he lo- he liked Joe Montana a lot. But when you look at it, you always draft for an upgrade, especially early. Mm-hmm. You're not drafting players. Go oh, well. We need a fifth corner. We'll just take a guy we don't think will help us. Well, then don't draft him. Right. And that's the way you have to look at it. I would also say, to add to what you're saying, having a surplus is always a good thing, even though people will say, but you already have X, Y, and Z. Well, now you have the ammunition to make a trade at the end of training camp. You know, you have a guy, if you bring in a corner, But you don't look at it that way, though? No, 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 no. I'm saying it gives you that flexibility. If you come out of training camp and you're like, hey, this rookie is good. He's going to, at very least, play slot for us, right? And then we've already got Jalen Mills and we've already got Ronald Darby. We can keep Rasul Douglas, but what do we do? Or we can keep Sidney Jones, but now Rasul Douglas is a guy that maybe we can move. Or now we can move Avante Maddox to safety where we think he'll be best. It just gives you trade flexibility or position flexibility with different guys. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I get that. And don't forget, Mills coming off of a broken foot. Yeah. He's also in the final year of his rookie deal. Ronald Darby is coming off a tour, back from a torn ACL. is on a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. That is why they will look at the cornerback position. I, I, I get it. They have a lot of them. But if you get an upgrade, you don't worry about what the fans think. You do the best thing for your football team. That's to take the best player on the board. Right. So my, my biggest takeaway about what the Eagles are going to do at 25, and again, a lot of it is just depends on how the board falls. There's no crystal ball of that course we can it's say 25. the Eagles yeah. are, are taking this, right. that, and the other. I would say this, you know, when the draft came out and how he called it a historic defensive line draft, I think knowing that the Eagles prioritized that position, you got very excited and it was hard to see them, once the names started coming out of guys who were good, right, it was hard to see them coming out of the first round with anything other than a defensive lineman because of how highly these guys were rated and how much the Eagles prioritized the line. But as the as it has gone on and as we've done our research and investigation and you see that... Yes, it's a great defensive line draft, and that very well could cause 8, 9, 10 defensive linemen to go in the top 20, maybe even more when you combine tackles and edge rushers. You start to get to 25, and you wonder, is your best player on the board the 7th or 8th best defensive end compared to guys that you have ranked higher at other positions? So I don't know that it's a slam dunk that I once thought that the Eagles are going to come out of this first round with a pass rusher or a defensive tackle. And as you mentioned, I think you got to open it up to offensive tackle, safety, and even wide receiver as if you were going to handicap it, you might even give that a better percentage depending on how the draft 
falls. Does that make sense? You know what I'm saying? Yes, I I, I think you, you set it up pretty well. Um, they they the Eagles under Howie Roseman and Joe Douglas. This will be Joe's third draft. They don't. They're, they're not corner, like I should say. Yeah, like yeah, we talked about. They're they're not big in eliminating good football players. Character's real big for them. Uh, very few players since Howie's come back in 16 of, in fact, I can't think of one that doesn't have a good character. Right. This has been the big difference where Howie's gotten it right. Uh, you know, you learn sometimes from your mistakes, and I think, uh, you know, obviously having Joe Douglas here, he that's really where he helps because Ozzie Newsome and just football character where you care about the game, you accept your role. This team, and obviously with Doug being Doug Peterson being the head coach, boy, did players accept the role. Yeah, by the way, glad you mentioned character. One really interesting caveat of this draft is that unlike the past few drafts where it seemed like the first round was bogged down with 60 to 70% guys who came with red flag, either one red flag or two red flags or real character question marks, I consistently heard from many scouts that this first round and first two rounds, just this in general class, there are just not as many red flag guys as there have been in the past. Even some that do, it's more about love for football than it is about having a rap sheet, you know, a mile long, which is a good thing because a lot of teams want to. There's some with medical, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, medical, yeah, right, right. Yeah, that seems yeah. to be the case yeah. more so than no oh, man. This guy was arrested for that, or this guy's just a bad guy. Or, I agree with you. Yeah, so that that's always a good sign. Um, let's all right. So let's talk about first round. If it's going to be a defensive lineman, Adam. We know it's not going to be Nick Bosa. We know it's not going to be Josh Allen. Uh, is there? Give me a cluster of defensive linemen that you think or you've heard will probably be around at twenty-five. All right, I'm going to give you one, and I've been because he fits their 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 profile. I think on players, and uh, this player is Brian Burns from Florida State. This is the exact area where I think he will go off the board. Love that you said that, by the way, because I really like him. Yeah, he's he's got he's there's a term that scouts use: height, weight, speed. Yes, he's got that. Um, I think he's going to go in the 20s. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to be a starter year one, although he could be, but he doesn't have to be, especially right. if the Eagles draft him. He, he's it's it, He probably is not, obviously, I think, when we look at it. But, man, when you look at athleticism, he's got it. I mean, not that a 40-yard dash really matters for a defensive end. Do you know what he ran at the combine? This is crazy. Right. 4-5-3. <laughs> the interesting story on him is that he played at around 220 pounds, which is NFL linebacker weight in college, and that he added about 15 pounds by the time they got to Indianapolis. 249 is what he weighed in. Right. So the only thing I've heard about a concern on that is that it's good that he's now kind of more defensive end pass rusher weight. People are a little bit concerned about how that that carries over when you gain that kind of weight in a short amount of time. You're exactly right, because what happens is scouts will tell you, geez, I don't like guys who put on weight or take off a lot of weight in their training for the combine, because that... it's you know, Raises a red flag, but his tape is really good. Mm-hmm. You're 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 right in that you you get concerned. What is his real? What is his playing weight? And how could you use him? Because he doesn't have the versatility to play inside, which the Eagles love that with Graham doing and obviously sure. Vernie Curry. Sure, he doesn't have that ability, but he's quick twitch. Right. Remember how he Roseman learned from Andy Reid and those fastballs that Andy loved on the defensive line. So. Mm-hmm. Burns, to me, would be the one defensive end that I think is going to be going off the board in the 20s, around 25. That's the problem. I think he's yeah. going to be gone. And you that's the problem that I, th- I find in the discussion with a lot of these defensive linemen. Because if I were to ask you, outside of Brian Burns, who's another pass rusher that you think might be available, I bet you're going to say maybe Cleveland Farrell. But he's gone before him. him. Yeah, he's gone. I, I, he, Farrell and Burns were the two guys in the 20s. I think Farrell goes in the high teens. I mm-hmm. think Burns goes in the 20s. I don't think he makes it. Because in 14, the, the Eagles didn't trade up for Brandon Cooks. 
Uh, they got beat by the Saints. They were going to draft him, I'm told, right. by multiple sources who were with the Eagles then, who were involved in the decision-making process. They were going for Cooks. That was their pick. So if Burns is the guy and it's getting close, mm-hmm. you wonder if they would trade up. But well, that's what I was no just one's about to pitch that to you. I think in a draft this deep with really good talent, I, I, the one thing about Farrell and Burns is that while they're one, Burns is a better athlete. He's more explosive. Farrell is more the technician who understands the position, has played it longer, and I've heard can be a six, seven, eight, nine type sack guy. I don't think they expect him to be a superstar because again, you're. 2025, right? So I don't know if either of those guys are special enough to start giving up draft picks for. And remember, we both have said that that Howie would much rather add than subtract draft picks for this draft. So I don't think either of those two, this is just me personally speaking, not reporting or anything, but I just don't see the special factor there for them to want to give up a pick. I, I think it's get. a fair point. Yeah, I think it's a fair point. Uh, and, and by the way, they don't necessarily, if, if Chris Long for this season, if he comes back, do they absolutely positively have to draft a DN? No. But the reason why the Eagles are where they are as a football team is because Howie and Joe Douglas know it's not about now, it's about down the road with this right. football team. They're, they're, not, they're picking a 25 for a reason. They're a really good football team. It's not about this season. It's about down the road. If you draft by Brian Burns, it's not about this year. It's about years two, three, and four. Sure. So let's, let's then advance this discussion and say we both believe that Clellan Farrell and Brian Burns are probably the only ones who might be around at 25, but it's unlikely. Certainly not Bosa. Certainly not Josh Allen. Rashawn Gary. Rashawn Gary is a guy that I've told might tumble because of some passion for the game, and he's his own agent. You know, that's always yeah, kind of yes, r- raises yeah, red yeah. flags. Even if he does tumble, I don't think he makes it to 25. So, I totally agree with you. So no are way. we starting to really realistically see that if the board falls the way you and I might think that that pass rushers probably could very well be. I, I don't see them going Jalen Ferguson or or a project guy at twenty five. Yeah, I don't. I think I'm looking at my board and Ooh, the, the Adam Kaplan big board. The type of player that they're looking at at twenty five. You're you're talking about potentially receiver. Uh, this is part of my group. I have a grouping, receiver? right? Yeah, right. Yeah, I have sure. a grouping of players that I think could be there. Brian Burns was leading off for me. Okay, it's a position of need for the future. The draft is about future needs, not current needs. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, Marquise Brown, who I, I've been telling you for a couple weeks, I thought that he would be in the, the, the discussion uh, because Deshaun Jackson is a two-year structure on his three-year deal. Uh, the Eagles are very light at receiver. They need depth. And now, I don't think he actually returned in college, but you're good, he's going to return in college. He would, right. he's, Now, my concern with him is this. I had two people I trust tell me they're very concerned about his, his frame. He's very small. Yes. 166 pounds, I believe, and I'll double-check this as the... Combine uh, he's fire. like a Deshaun Jackson clone. 166. <laughs> yeah. 5'9 and 3 ace, 166. Deshaun is what, 5'10, 5'11? 5'11. He might have even been 172. 170. Yeah. 170. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm sure this kid can put on but a But this weight. kid is electric. He's electric. There's no How he likes his toys. I know. I can you know. imagine Doug Doug Peterson, who's one of the best play callers with this guy? You're, you're getting ahead of me here. I wanted to go for defensive go ahead. line. Okay. So well, we, I'm just going to 25. I, no, I know, I know, yeah. but I'm going to get there. I promise you. Okay. Trust me. I'm, I'll be the captain. We'll get there. I got so, more for you at receiver. Go ahead. Right. Defensive end, unlikely. D-tackle. The only the guy that's you, we've seen a lot in mock drafts, but you and I both don't see it happening is Christian Wilkins. If he was there at 25, he's an eagle. He's the guy. He's an eagle. <laughs> he's no There's way. There's no doubt about Dude, it. There's no way. He's, but he's not going to be there. He's... Christian Wilkins from Clemson, you, you really, when you talk to personnel people, they, you can't really find a weakness. Right. He's really high-character kid, really, really good football player. Um, the, the, I can't come up with a term for him. Um, 
the suddenness off the ball. Yeah, the explosion, the get off. He's he's he's, he's, he's really good. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's a D tackle, so he's not Fletcher Cox as a pass rusher. Let, let, let's make that perfectly clear. Right. Few are fewer Aaron Donald. Right. Um, he's your third tackle this year if you drafted him, and he's going to eventually take over for Malik Jackson. Yeah, and then eventually for Fletcher Cox. Yeah, sure. So sure. Th- this kid's a really good football player. So he'll be gone. He's not playing at twenty five. No, unless chance. it's something crazy. So yeah. he'll be gone. Right. Quentin Williams right. gone. Ed Oliver's gone. There's two wild cards I want to want to right. talk about. First, let me just rule out Dexter Lawrence. Uh, he's a he's from Clemson also, and I know some people have said, well, you know, Bo Allen made the team, and he was more fit for a three four screen, screen uh, scheme. That is true, but they're not going to use a first round pick on a guy who has very little pass rushing skills. Yeah, they don't. This and is Dexter not a Lawrence team. Is not a pass rusher. Haloti Nana was a, a Haloti Nana is not much of a pass rusher, but Haloti Nana is because the Eagles thought they were going to be a Super Bowl team. They might have been had they not lost all these players and lost a quarterback. But right. plus, he was only, he was signed to be a, a, a situational right. run stuffer. I but mean, when we're talking about young developmental players, they don't want a guy that has any versatility. They want a guy who can do everything. Right. So the two wild cards to me are Jeffrey Simmons and who's that? Jerry Tillery. Tiller's in my group of six. Yeah. He's a wild card, Adam, not because of talent, but this is one of those guys I was talking about where three different personnel men, all three, brought it up. So I don't know that you can call it groupthink. I mean, these guys don't work together. They're all different around the league. They both said that something doesn't add up with him from – the tape is a little bit inconsistent, but it's still good enough to be first round. But he is kind of the kid that they're having a hard time – Finding out if the love for football that is, is true. There. He's very inconsistent. When he brings it, he looks like a top ten pick. Right. He doesn't bring it enough. Um, you've got to get through kind of who he is as a football player. You love the size. Six, six and a half. Here's what I love. He's not three forty, he's not three fifty, he's not even three ten. Right. He's two ninety five yeah. at the combine. It's six, six and a half. So he is he is growth to get a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. He did run under a five flat, mm-hmm. um, which is good for a guy his size. He's got all the ability in the world. Now, this is an issue because you've got Philip Daniels. We should talk about this. He's a new defensive line coach, a former right. player, and he was the assistant DL coach. It's the first time he's running in a room. If you draft Jared Tillery, your job is to get this guy to play with a high motor. Right. No, I do. I agree. And I'm going to read you one quote from a personnel man that I got that I think sums him up perfectly. The quote is, very talented, very good. Athlete, very inconsistent, up and down. You never know what you're going to get. He's boomer bust. I personally wouldn't want him on my team. I'd just be fine with someone else. He has all the talent in the world. Just a guy I don't necessarily trust to put it all together. It's pretty powerful words. Well, here's the problem. Okay, we're in no man's land at 25. That's that's it, and that's a it, big part of it. Yeah, it's a, there's a big drop off on my board here. There's a there like Burns. I like. I don't think he makes it. Of this grouping, the real I call it the realistic grouping. Tillery, Burns, Burns to me would be the pick because he's more consistent, mm-hmm. more upside. Well, actually, Tillery actually has more upside. The problem is you, don't, you just don't know what you're getting from. Right. That's, I, that's what I'm saying. I think Tillery, the, the, I think it'll be really interesting if he's on the board at 25 and we'll see where the Eagles go. The other guy I mentioned was Jeffrey Simmons, Mississippi State. What I'm told is a top five potential talent in this draft, but A, he tore his ACL in February, so he's just like Sidney Jones will be out for most of the year. Uh, and B, there's an incident going back to high school, slapping a, a woman. I think his mom was involved in this. Now, everything I, I've told, been told by many people is that that is the isolated incident. He's never had a problem. There is a video that you can see on. I'm sure everybody's seen it. Who's who's googled him? Um, but no one else has said a bad word about the kid. It's not like 
he's had a real bad, you know, like there's a real troubled kid. It was an incident that happened, and nothing's happened since. Right, isolated but incident, right. With the Eagles, what they went through with Sidney Jones, you wonder if they would do that again first round, take a guy who just tore his ACL in February, top 10 talent, just like Sidney was considered, right, but not going to play year one. Yeah, but I don't again, know if it's, I would kill them for taking this kid. No, He's, but but again, it's for the future. They they right. could still draft a another tackle or sign a veteran just for this year, kind of like a Nada situation. Yeah, um, it it I would get it if they did it at twenty five because I'm telling you, this is not twenty five is not a great area to be in because if Burns goes off the board and some of the other guys that have got targeted for the area, I, I don't know what they do. Right, because yep. that's when you. You start looking at secondary positions like a Josh Jacobs uh-huh. or something like that, which I'm sure we'll get to. So yeah. we'll see what they do. All right, let's go offensive line because um, this is a pretty good offensive tackle draft, and the Eagles will put a lot of work into them. Um, if it's not going to be a defensive end which or a tackle, which it might, then you go to the next position the Eagles prioritize, which is offensive line. Cody Ford at 25, if he is there. And the Wilkinses and the Burnses and everybody we mentioned from the pass rushers or not, that sounds like a pick that could be an eagle. Yeah, so they worked him out. He visited. Uh-huh. So they've done a lot of work on him. So another, another little nugget here. The Eagles have a long history of drafting players that have visited. Not it's not like they it's not like if they had 30 visits they drafted 10 guys. Right. They might draft they might draft wind up drafting 3 or 4 of them. Mm-hmm. Just in my study of gathering these these visits over the years. Uh Cody Ford is a guy that is going to be he should go before the end of the first round. That he would be in my group. I think I think I think this is around the area that it goes, maybe a little bit higher. Right. Um, the question with him is: is he is he is he a guard or is he a tackle? That's a huge question, and not only that, Adam, is he right side or left side? Because oh, yeah. he has played the right side most recently at Oklahoma, and he projects at right tackle. People think he's athletic enough to play right tackle, but you have Lane Johnson, who you and I have talked about a lot, being entrenched at right tackle. They're not going to move him to left tackle unless they're. Absolutely must. He does so, not want to move, is my understanding. Right, and he, Brandon Brooks, yeah. although he's coming off an injury, is still a two-time Pro Bowl right guard. Oh, 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 right, although I'm sure if Lane, it was explained to Lane how much, if they ever wanted to move him and they really said, hey, man, I think this is our best interest, I'm sure he would do it. Yeah, they but said, hey, you went to Oklahoma, you got to, you know. His preference, <laughs> same school, his preference <laughs> right. is though to play right. Right, so if you drafted this kid, Cody Ford, right, do you have to, you have to want, if you're, if you're going to invest first-round pick in him, you got to want him to play tackle at some point, right? Not just guard. Right. The Eagles are big. Unless it's like a Zach Martin situation where, hey, you're just getting great offensive linemen and put them in there. The Eagles are extremely big on positional versatility in their offensive line. The, the, like Matt Pryor, although he's 6'7, they think he could play guard. The, this is what they got. This is what Howie got from Andy Reid. Andy Reid was big on that. Right. And they're real big on that. Um, I'll be interested to see what uh, where Cody Ford goes. He's in another of my cluster of players. I'd be interested to know if they feel he could move to the left side and play left guard in a year when Isaac Sayamalu eventually replaces Jason Kelsey at center. And it's not as easy as you would think. Mm-hmm. I've had coaches tell me it's a mindset. It, you know, it's like you're you're playing a little bit left-handed. You you have to learn something that you haven't done before. Mm-hmm. It's not as easy as you think. Just playing bo- either guard spot. It, it's, no, it's it's, you're it's right. not what I thought when it's I when I, I just thought transition. it was yeah. I just thought it was easy. No, it's really no, not. It's it's different. And then one caveat I'll throw in, and I'm not trying to kick a guy while he's down. Brandon Brooks coming back from the Achilles injury, but we've talked about he's one of those two or three guys who has a salary cap that just triples, like goes berserk in the next few years. And if you feel like you've got a really good right guard there who can slide in, and then you want to have to move on to save money. 
I guess down the road a year or two that that could happen, but you, you know what I'm saying? Like Brandon becomes yeah. a cap casualty because you drafted really well. Just remember, as we speak, we're three days before the draft, 11 out of their 22 projected starters are 29 years or older. Six of those 11 are on the offensive side of the football. And two of them, actually three of them, Brooks mm-hmm. turns 30 in August, Peters turns 38 in January. We know he's not going to be back next year, but Kelsey turns 32 in November. So, you know what? Yes, Jeff, we should be talking about the offensive line. Yeah, absolutely. And listen, the Cowboys did that really well, right? With Travis Frederick and Zach Martin and Ty, uh, Tyrone, Tyron Smith. Yep. They kept drafting offensive linemen until they wound up having one of the best ones in the, in the, uh, in the league. So it helps. Dalton Risner from Kansas State is a guy who I've heard can go in the first round, maybe in the second, has ver- versatility, can play guard, can play tackle, maybe even play center. So he's a name I would say to look out for. He's a, he's a talented kid. Uh, but as far as offensive line, I think that's Cody Ford, Dalton Risner, and maybe the wild card, Titus Howard. He's more of a project from Alabama State. I think He's he starting w- to get first-round yeah. buzz, though, so you wonder if the Eagles well, would pull the trigger. That, they had him in for a visit. Um, my sense is, and just so the fans understand, our listeners understand, Jeff Stoutland is going to be a big part of this. Howie and Joe Douglas, everyone in their personnel staff, they, they swear by this guy. Mm-hmm. Jordan Mailata, the only, I don't see the only reason, the number one reason they drafted Mailata is because of Jeff Statland. And whether it's, it was Lane Johnson, um, I could go th- say Malo, and Chip Kelly, obviously Chip brought in Jeff from Alabama. Mm-hmm. This guy's a great offensive line coach, one of the best in the league. So the fact that they brought him in for a visit, it tells me that Jeff Statland really likes this player because they're not going to waste their time unless Statland likes him. Just so you know. Yeah. So if they wind up doing it, it's because of Statland. Okay. So you could put him on your list. Yeah, I definitely think he's a guy we'll, they'll consider in the second round with their two second-round picks, if not the first round. And don't – by the way, if if the players they like – don't if they the players that they all like are gone, it wouldn't shock me at all if they traded down because, remember, they're all about flipping this roster. They're, right. they're all about getting younger. That's something they know they need to do. All right, let's go, move on. We've done defensive, uh, play, defensive linemen. We've done offensive linemen. Now let's do skill position, wide receiver, running back. You mentioned Marquise Brown. I think he's the only receiver that I have heard that the Eagles or a team would consider at tw- a team looking for a speed receiver would consider at twenty five. Yes, in our in our first in our first uh, my, in our first show when we talk about the draft, I mentioned Brown. That was the first guy I thought of. Uh, he is a game changer. He's just really really small. Uh, he's going to have to learn how to return at this level. Um, so that that to me is something that uh, to, to to keep an eye on because he would be great. That'd be a perfect pick. At, and you don't need him to play a lot year one. He just he just has to um, be used the right way. And Doug Peterson, I have total trust in him on how to use players. So I, w- I would say Brown would be there. Uh, that would be a guy. Uh, AJ Brown, who they in, had in for a visit. AJ Brown's another good one. Mississippi State. Uh, Mississippi. Mississippi. That's late right. first, early yeah. second. This is the area where he'll go. Uh, though I don't think he'll go in the first round, I really like Paris Campbell from Ohio State. He visited. Mm-hmm. He would be one, with one of their second-round picks, I think. Yeah. Actually, he may not make it to their second. Th- well, this, again, that's the beauty of having yeah, the two sets. It's I, tough. Couldn't you completely see Howie taking his first, second-round pick and packaging like a fourth or a fifth? He doesn't have a third. A fourth or fifth to move up and then using the second, second-round we'll pick a corner. to move down. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, oh yeah. Kind of work the board a little bit. Okay. Recoup what you right. gave up by right. moving down with the second second round. Uh, yeah, so Nicole Harry, uh, Nik- Nikhil Harry came in for a visit. He's going to go late first, early second. Yeah. He's got really good size. He's, he's kind of underrated. People like the way he runs routes. He knows how to use his body. 
that's the thing that um, is interesting here because not that they're looking to get rid of Jeffrey, but he's another guy with his injury history. He's getting up there. He does turn 30 in February. Just keep that in mind. Yeah. All right, safety. Um, yes. The top oh, yeah. safety in the draft oh, yeah. is considered for by most Jonathan Abrams out of Mississippi State. Wow, Mississippi State, Montez Sweat, Jeffrey Simmons, Jonathan Abraham. How were they not better? I mean, maybe they were good. I didn't follow them too well. Well, actually, I, I would not agree with that. I, I, your guy, Chauncey Gardner Johnson, may I, go ahead of him. Guy. Yeah, I think well, he actually I may go ahead was, of him. Well, here's yeah. what I was about to. I would say in most, in the scouting community, if you're just looking at prototype safety, Jonathan Abrams is the most. Okay. But if you are looking for a Jim Schwartz safety. I think two guys they would probably prioritize ahead of Abrams would be Chauncey Gardner Johnson from Florida, and even the kid from Delaware Nazir Adderley because both of them have cornerback in their background. They're like Malcolm Jenkins like in that they can play. They have position versatility and they can play nickel. Now I don't know that I from what I hear Chauncey more so in the first than say Nazir Adderley. I would agree with you, but maybe both of them in the second. The way if the draft falls the right, I way. would stick Darnell Savage, the Maryland safety, who's who won't get out of the second round, as right. a guy the Eagles will target if he's there. I think they'll take him. Another kid is um, Juan Thornhill, but not in the first, maybe right? Second or th- uh, the second for Thornhill. Yeah, second. He's a good player. He man. is a good player. Um, Virginia, right? I'd have to look that. I can't remember what I think year it's Virginia. Yeah. yeah, they put a lot of. Work oh no, no Thornhill. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a senior. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure what, you said what class he was in. Yeah, he no. went to Virginia. Yes. Um, the 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 three safeties that they'll look at would be. I think Chauncey Gardner Johnson in in the in the at twenty five. I think that's the earliest yeah, I think he would go. Give him consideration certainly second round. I don't think he makes it there. Darnell Savage will go in the second round. Mm-hmm. This is where one of their second rounds. I think they would take him if they don't have their safety. They must get a safety in this draft. I okay? agree. They don't. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, you let know, me, I've said that as much. Let as me anybody. flip it back yeah. to you. <laughs> what positions must they come out of this draft with? They must come out with a safety. I believe they must come out with a running back. Must yes. I don't agree with that. Okay, they may. They, I mean, they've been doing the whole UDFA and I, I get all that for a couple of years now, and it, w- it would behoove them. And I know they would like to get a run, one running back out of this draft, but they don't need to. They could they could function very well with this group with Jordan Howard well, with that's Clement. Fine, but I could yeah. make the argument that if you know Sandejo say safety uh, stays stays healthy, and then Jenkins and and Rodney McLeod are healthy, then they're fine at safety too. It's not about. This year, but I'm talking for future years. Now would be the time to get the running back because three out of the top four running backs are on the final year of their deal. So now would be. Yeah. So Isn't you, that what I'm saying? That was the time right. You but have to but come no. But my point was they don't have to do it. They could line up today with enough running backs to to function. Well, I don't think there's a position they have to that that they can't compete right now. Yes, you and I have talked about this before. Yeah. And I think Howie mentioned it too. He seems to agree with us here. They could line up now and be a ten win team. There's right. no question in my mind. But A, for depth purposes, where they have it on like defensive tackle, they have no depth at all. Right. Trayvon Hester was a nice find, but they, they need depth. They've got to come out of this draft for the future with a running back. Mm-hmm. If, they, if they're thinking clearly of the future. Safety. Running back, safety, D-tackle, D-end. Those are the positions to me. Uh, could they get away with going with what they have at wide receiver? They could, but it wouldn't behoove them to do that. They I need, almost think they need wide depth. receiver more than D-end. I mean, D-end, really? they're aging, but they have depth. I mean, they do have four or five guys that can play the position. Matt now, Collins, you just wow. don't know about. That's what I'm saying. No, D-end, I'm saying, is oh, deep. Yeah, wide yeah, receiver, yeah, yeah. to me, is the yeah. more, or the bigger question mark. Where well, you don't have well yeah, but ha- how about this, though? If Chris Long does not come back, mm-hmm. Josh Sweat, we knew nothing about. Okay, mm-hmm. he, he, he started actually play. As a backup base down player before he got hurt, and we we don't we know nothing about them, so they're in a position now where boy, if they nail this draft, they're going to be set up for like the next three to four years, right? 
All right, this I'm is gonna, a great position to be in. I'm going to give you a cluster of players. Right. You tell me. You handicap it on what the Eagles <laughs> would be most likely to yeah. pick. At 25, right. available are Cleveland Farrell, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Cody Ford, and Marquise Brown. Who are they taking? The DN. Cleveland Farrell. Yeah. Okay. He's a higher graded player. Take Farrell out. Okay. Now you've got Cody Ford, Marquise Brown, mm-hmm. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Who are they taking? Oh, man. That's really tough. If you and I were running it, I would take the safety. You would take Chauncey Gardner-Johnson? Over, I would because... I would actually take, even as much as I said safety, I think I would take Cody Ford, the offensive tackle. Really? Because I believe the depth, although you could get Titus in the second round probably. No, I still think the depth at safety allows you to get a, a pretty good safety in the second round. But, you know, tackles are that... Tackles that position that once the... And this is what I was told. It's top-heavy. Once the top three or four are off the draft, but, then you're... Okay, but here's projects. my problem with that. I, uh-huh. I have one issue with it. Taking it in the first round. They seem to be convinced that Jordan Mailata is a future left tackle. I, you and I were debating. This is really I funny. For, for our listeners, very quickly here. Bill Osborne, a third part of our, our group, will be back with us later in the summer. Me, me, Bill, and Jeff were debating whether... This is back in February. Whether they would stick with, with um, Peters. You put me on the spot. I said... It, I didn't even. I had not even made any calls then, but I did say when you, you you said yes or no, Peter's back. I said yes, and then I would later put on our show before it was reported. Said he's going to be back. I just don't know how he's going to be back. What kind of contract he's going to get? But I'm just telling you internally, they think my lot is going to be the future at left tackle. Well, so with that being you know the case, what Jeff, great to me yeah? then is I draft Cody Ford in our, in right. our scenario. I start him off immediately from OTAs day one at left guard. Oh, well, that's right? a different story. So okay. by not next year, but maybe the year after, I got Mile out at left tackle, Cody Ford at left guard, I got Sam Alu at center, I got Brandon Brooks at right guard, Lane Johnson right tackle, okay. and tell me I don't have the best then. Okay, I like it, uh, so I'm going to move this forward. All right. As long as you're sure that he could play guard, mm-hmm. that's a good pick. I'll left go guard, along yeah. with it because this is all about the future. Mm-hmm. Their offensive line, you just set their offensive lineup for the future. It's perfect. Right. I agree with you. All right, so before we get out of here, yep. I just gave you a scenario based on guys who are available. That was, you know, that we did. You just tell me right now, you're, you're lean. The Eagles come out of the first round Thursday night with who? I, I can only give you a group of players because we're the picking. Oh, come on. That's no fun. I can never get you to play well, the, no, fun the pro- no, the problem is I don't know. I know. I, I, listen, I know if there were a twi- faith. Like two years ago, you and I did radio here in this, this market, okay? I uh-huh. said, here's who they like. McCaffrey was going to be the guy. I said, I'll give you a three or four pleasure because I didn't know they're gonna. I didn't have Derek Barnett on my board. I, you know, I didn't know that. Really, I was. I, I am, okay. Yeah. I didn't have Barnett there, but now at twenty five, you could only go with a group of players because I don't know okay. who's gonna be. I, I have no idea who's gonna be there. Uh, I can't get you to play my. No, game. but I said it was the gonna be one suffer. of my. No, but it's gonna be one of six players. <laughs> uh, the, the listeners want one guy that Adam Kaplan thinks is the best bet. That's all I'm saying. To forecast being there, um, I think it's. I think it's going to be one of those safeties. Okay. One of the receivers who they had, and, and but I'm going to give you a real sleeper, by the way, w- w- before we get out of here. Okay. Who I actually had on with me on, on, on NFL radio. Um, oh, I saw. I, I believe I saw um, on Twitter you're putting out. Uh, in a second. So I think it's going to be, I think it's either going to be um, our kid from Oklahoma, the receiver. Marquise Brown. Yep. I think it's a safety. Mm-hmm. Your guy, Cody Ford. Tillery. I don't th- Burns, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I'll actually put them on there, though they, I really don't think they'll do it. But if they're pressed and all these players are gone, 
Jacobs. Josh Jacobs, who would be a fine pick because he will be a three-down back for the future, which they absolutely need. We've been crying for this for a year. All right, I'll answer the question that I asked you, just so we give a listener. Go ahead. So, so the listener can say one guy at least took a stab here, right, when, when the gun was to his head. Uh-huh. I feel like a lot of the guys we talked about will be off the board, mm-hmm. except for Marquise Brown. I get a feeling that Marquise Brown will be the Eagles pick at 25. I threw it out on a previous podcast. Yeah. That would be that would be a smart pick because he is unbelievably explosive. Uh, do we want what's next? Do we want to do sleepers before you get out of here? Um, yeah, how about a good small school or a sleeper? And then I'll give you one, and then we'll get out of here. All right. So, Mikal Hardman, Georgia wide ah, receiver. Nice. Uh, I had Hardman on uh, NFL Radio with me. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He's a really good kid, high character. He's going to go in the third or fourth round. The Eagles had him in for a visit. He's a he is maybe. If he's not the best returner for this draft, he's one, certainly one of them. Uh, good student, um, good kid, third or fourth round pick. Again, Eagles had him in for a visit. If they don't take uh, a fast, speedy receiver early, he would be a good guy in the middle rounds because they really don't know who the returner is going to be that, for the future or this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would make sense. That's a guy to keep an eye on. I really liked him. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, if they shock me in the second round and take a corner, I should say shock me. If the board doesn't go like they think, and they take an upgrade, they're taking DeAndre Baker. Okay. That's a good one. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. All right. My, uh, that's not really a sleeper, but okay. No, but that they don't need a corner. It's a sleeper right. position to take. People aren't they don't about need that. to take a corner, right. but an upgrade would be DeAndre Baker. This is somewhere around the area where they would, he would go. All right. I'm going to give you a small school guy, a running back, who will probably go late in the round, but you, nobody even heard of him until recently. He played at Slippery Rock. Out there in the uh, you know hinterlands of Pennsylvania, all right. His name is Wes Hills. He's actually an, a Wildwood kid, right? Uh, South Jersey kid. Went to Delaware, transferred from Delaware, tore it up at Slippery Rock to the point where I read that almost every single team has been to Slippery Rock to go watch him play. His numbers were amazing. He set records there. He had seventeen hundred and fourteen yards. He even caught thirty balls. Uh, he was Division two AP All American. The Eagles have looked at him quite a lot. Uh, he had originally committed to Delaware when Casey Killer was the coach there. Who's oh, you wow. know, you know, was one a of while the better ago. coaches. Yeah, wow. it was a while ago. Uh he he survived a car crash. I mean, the kid's been wow. through a whole lot. Uh he is an athletic specimen. So if they don't get their Jacobs or their Miles Sanders or their uh, Darrell Henderson, then look for them to try to get this kid because it sounds like he could even be have, have some returner in his uh in his okay. nature. All right. All right. Good stuff, man. We Good kinda, stuff. we we got it all compacted for you. Uh, we'll see what happens. Also, we're going to have a post-draft podcast next week. Yep. If the draft, we will give you how the players are going to be used. Uh, we'll have everything. Ha- everything. Ha- everything. I'll I'll have it all for you. Jeff will have it all for you. We're going to knock it out of the park, and as we always do. And uh, love those people showing up for us last week. That was awesome. Awesome time. That's going to do it for this Inside the Birds, the leading podcast in Eagles Intel. For Adam Kaplan, I'm Jeff Mosher. We were happy to just take you inside the birds. Oh.